Welcome to episode number 99 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features my pal Brady Seacules. Brady is a comedian out of the Pacific Northwest, and it's been a joy watching him develop. He is hilarious. And I love listening to his experience going from touring the local scene to going across the West Coast, attending comedy festivals, and more. You can find Brady on social media at Brady Seacules and Facebook is Brady Seacules. He's also got a YouTube channel where he's got some funny ass bits. There's one in particular where it's at the Gateway Show. For the, those of you who don't know what the Gateway Show is, comedians will perform a set sober and then they'll go and get high as fuck and come out and do another set. Well... Brady doesn't really smoke weed, so when Brady gets high, he gets really high, like to the moon. And he's got one of those, one of his bits up on YouTube from the Gateway Show by Billy Anderson, and it is hilarious. You guys should go and check it out. I'll be sure to leave a link to that in the show notes. Um, and if you'd like to follow the podcast on Instagram, check out all my exploits and adventures you can find it at becoming human podcast and you can also find us on facebook becoming human podcast and online becoming human podcast.com if you'd like to support the show please rate review on itunes google play hey brady yo so just before we get rolling um if you could be any animal what could you be and why Mm, I'd like to be a falcon because I always thought flying would be cool. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, I always wanted to be a, I think it's a Paraguayan falcon. Yeah, yeah. the real fast ones. Uh-huh. You can go like 200 miles an hour oh, or something. that should be awesome. I'd yeah. fuck with people too. I'd like, I'd like try to see how high of a velocity I could shit. <laughs> just dive bomb people. Yes. That would hurt at that point. Yeah, just shit through their skull. <laughs> Be like ten points. That guy's dead. <laughs> Want to eat him? Uh, <laughs> Against the heaven. How did how did you die? I got shit to death by a falcon. <laughs> that was a good shot. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> what trait, if you had any, did you admire about either of your grandparents? Um, I don't know either sets of my grandparents super well. I always, so my mom's dad, uh, my grandpa Tom, um, he was a, he's interesting because he was a pharmacist mm-hmm. uh, for his whole career. And so very straightforward scientific approach and he never enjoyed fiction like works of fiction he never enjoyed like movies that were fictional very analytical yes or books that were fictional he's very like down to earth but also he was an artist which i thought was weird also murder people no (laughs) no but so he he was was he was was very like uh straightforward analytical scientific Mm -hmm. but then he was an artist in sculpting and uh, so he would like carve um, like soapstone and wood and he would like turn wood on a lathe. Whoa. And so he'd make very, um, I guess that makes sense because they were like mathematical pieces with like angles oh, and like spirals and stuff. Out, yeah. Not spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. Very planned wow. out spatial 
but yeah, that that was his creative outlet. But nothing like he didn't like fiction, and I always thought that was really interesting that he was an artist who didn't like. That's wild. If it's not real, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. That's, yeah. Did he? Did your parents ever experience? Or so it was your grandpa, right? Yeah. Uh, dad's side or mom's side? Mom's side. So did she have Santa? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think I've seen pictures of her and my two aunts, so her sisters, as like little, little girls probably with Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. But he probably like broke that at age like six. All yeah. right, no more. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're too old now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my problem is, is that my son still wants to sit on Santa's lap. Yeah. And he knows the truth. Oh, yeah. And he like wants to fuck with him. <laughs> He's like, should oh, I no. talk to him? Should I? Because my son's like, oh, man. Have you ever watched the Bench Warmers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He watches movies like that. That's a horrible choice, by the way. Don't ever do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. As now he's just like, just just trying to crack jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. One time he's like, bros before hoes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, on Santa's lap he said that? No, no. Oh. Just, just in conversation. I'm like, why'd you say that? Yeah. Bench warmers. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, God. Let's have a conversation here. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like with all of it, he's got like catchphrases and stuff. But with Santa, mm-hmm. he watched one where like the little girl, you know, was five. She's on Santa's lap. Like, you know, um, her eyes just like, met, you know glistening right she's all yeah. excited and little brother's like he ain't real mm-hmm. <laughs> just like being a total shit bag while yeah. he's waiting for santa because he wants to go check out some cool toys and then um when that happened oh he's like the the kid and the um, little girl meet up and he's like i think he smell like beer and like just <laughs> like yeah and i'm like what and my son like picked up on it hardcore yeah and so when we're out for uh, i think it was this year for christmas he's like do you think santa's drunk <laughs> and i'm just like what what the why fuck would you is, say that? Yeah, why? So he's just trying to like just talk shit the whole time. So I'm just trying to keep him down. Yeah, he wants to sit on Santa's lap. But, that's great. Yeah, but yeah, don't don't show him the movie Bad Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I um I thought that I can introduce him to uh, Bad News Bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a horrible idea. But all this is with <laughs> me like supervising him. We'll do it, and I'm like, oh. Probably shouldn't say that, or you say it between, you know, you and I, right? Yeah. But then I watch Bad News Bears, and mom has, you know, struggles with, like, alcoholism. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, so, right. Joey. Oh, right. Um, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he was, he was like, he's driving drunk with all the kids. And I'm like, eh, that's is that it, influences. Is it, uh, is it Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad in that movie? Wait, what? Jingle All the Way? I've never heard of it's that. It's like, like from when I was a kid, it's just like, it's, it's like a kid's movie. Uh-huh. But there's this, I, I'm pretty sure it's that movie. There's a fight scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger and like a bunch of like mall Santas. Uh-huh. And so there's like 40 Santas and Arnold Schwarzenegger's like fist fighting them. <laughs> I think it's that movie. But yeah, that, either way, it's, that's a really good movie. Jingle All the Way, check it out. Oh, I'm going to have to check it out yeah it's i get funny. a little sketchy like have you gone back and watched your childhood movies recently yeah, yeah. yeah. some of them are like whoa yeah. this is wild a lot of them have a lot of adult jokes oh, in it that yeah. you didn't catch as a kid <laughs> and they're like you couldn't do now like yeah, people yeah. would like riot yeah kids shows were different <laughs> they were so different i wasn't allowed to watch uh rugrats the what? cartoon wait why as a kid because one my mom my mom uh was very sheltering and conservative Mm -hmm. but she thought angelica the like who's supposed to be the mean bully was like a bad influence (laughs) uh so she's you can't be like angelica and two my dad didn't want me to watch it because the uh the like child pediatrician in the show Mm -hmm. is called dr lipschitz and he's like there's a lot of swearing in this show for it to be a kid's cartoon i was like it's his name (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i can't say my friend dick's name too (laughs) Uh see my mom was the opposite she's like 
I asked her um, if I can get San Andreas Grand mm-hmm. Theft or Grand Theft Auto or it was one of the Grand Theft Autos, and I was seven. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, you're probably just gonna play it at some one of your friends' houses." So yeah, yeah, you can have it. And then yeah. I'm like playing around with prostitutes and stuff, and she's like, "What are <laughs> you doing?" I'm like, "Prostitutes, yeah, get the fuck out of here!" Yeah. Like, it was, uh, we speaking of uh, Schwarzenegger movies, what was this movie called? Oh. uh... Have you heard this? I've kind of done this as a bit, but not, Mm -hmm. I haven't really honed it out. But, uh, there was, when I was probably like 10 years old, my neighbor, Justin, he was like the bad influence on me because his parents were cool. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but he was like, yeah, you should come over and watch a movie. We should watch Arnold Schwarzenegger's True Lies and, uh, rated our action movie. Okay. And and I was like, like, wait, (laughs) Arnold. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, Ooh. Uh, and so, yeah, it's this, this movie that I know I'm not allowed to watch and I knew I wouldn't Ooh. be allowed to watch it even if I said the title. And so I went, I asked my mom and I did the whole like thing that kids do where I was like, well, like looking at the floor, like, mom, can I watch a movie? <laughs> She's like intentionally leaving out details. Yeah. And she's like, what's it called? And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, <laughs> it's called true lies. And she's like, no, you can't watch that. Do you know why? And I'm like, yeah, it's cause lies aren't true. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Like, if it was called, like, Redemption, I would have gotten away with it. But yeah. <laughs> Savior. Yeah. Still, I haven't seen it, like, 20 years later. I still haven't watched that movie. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, see, I watched uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Mm-hmm. And that mo- that show fucked me up. That and show was weird. If John's listening, then I loved it, but it mm-hmm. just fucked me up. And that's, like, the conversation that I had with him when he was on the podcast. It's like... Yeah. What the fuck were you trying to do? And it's yeah, that his whole thing. Wild. It's like playing with fear. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, that's like, re- like actually scary Scooby Doo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. scary. So much so that the FCC banned one of the episodes. Really? Yeah. And it was because of like the chicken would um, materialize, like pop out of thin air, teleport to um, to the end of every hallway or down the stairs with a hatchet <laughs> in front of Courage. Yeah. <laughs> and then the um, in that same episode, that's why they, they blocked it though, is because it was cutting their heads off okay and i feel like i remember talk of that yeah yeah i don't know if i've seen it i don't know if it was ever released but i remember talk of it It, is that shit's wild though like there was several other uh kids shows that were kind of had like a lot of adult themes but they they more aired less on the side of caution or trying to hide it but it Mm -hmm. was just like out there like what ren and stimpy yeah ren and stimpy is pretty pretty graphic at least as far as the animation is concerned Mm -hmm. some of the jokes too but yeah or um this, this wasn't as, like, graphic or as far out there, but it's just a weird cartoon, Invader Zim. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. I love Invader Zim. Oh, uh, what about uh, Grim, Bill, and Mandy? Oh, uh, yeah. I never, I, yeah. I never yeah. watched that show so much, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I know what you're talking because about. Because that was a little on the macabre side yeah. of things, just yeah. like Invader Zim was, yeah. too. Yeah. But, like, I feel like you have individuals who, <laughs> okay, not, like, serial killers, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> or psychopaths, but, I mean, you have individuals who, who like, who like macabre things. Yeah. And as children, even. And it's like, what's the harm in indoor? Okay. Dude, this this guy came into my workplace the other day, and he was wearing a a T-shirt that had Charles Manson on it, and Uh it said, welcome to the family. (laughs) Because people try to, like, wear T-shirts sometimes that'll, like, freak us out, because I work at a, technically, it's a Catholic place. Yeah, yeah. And so people, like, wear these T-shirts that, like, try to, like, get a rise out of us, Mm -hmm. and I'm just, like, in the background, I'm like, well done, I like that shirt. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's perfectly ironic. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Welcome to the family. That's dope. That is so cool. So 
you went to Alaska for a comedy festival. What comedy festival was it? <laughs> uh, it was called the Alaska Before You Die Comedy <laughs> Fest. And here, here's my thoughts on the title of the festival. So I went under the impression that Alaska and a lot of places, it's like you should go to Alaska before you die. You should go to Rome before you die, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like, oh, go to Alaska before you die. And I get there. And it was a great festival. It was put on by this. Uh, it was in Anchorage, Alaska. It was like five or six days that I was there. Mm-hmm. And it was put on by a local gal called Cass Smiley. as her name. And she was fantastic. And we get to, she put on this this great fest. It was the first year of the fest. If it's happening again next year, I totally want to like go back because it was amazing. Lots of great comics. There was like 50 like great comics from all around the country and then it was headlined Ooh. by like Kyle Kinane which yeah. was amazing to see him like live a couple times and I kept running into him like physically at the oh, bar what? it must have been a lot to you yeah like yeah. around like every corner he was just like I would like f- bump into him like chest bump. oh sorry <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah. sorry Kyle like I've never really met you but I'm sorry like, leaning into it real hard <laughs> and he would just <laughs> yeah. grumble just it off <laughs> but so lots of good comics on the fest and we get to the last day of the festival and there was a uh like a brunch show that was happening and it was basically like a, like a 1 PM show mm-hmm. and it was mostly like the comics, all the comics on the festival performing for all of the other comics. Ooh. And, uh, it was like this cool thing. And Cass goes up and she's like, Hey, like, I just, uh, like, thank you all for coming out of this festival. It's really meant a lot to me. And I just kind of want to talk about the festival for a bit. It's, uh, like a nonprofit to raise money for uh, seasonal depression, which Ooh. is, uh, cool. And also a huge thing up in Alaska because the, the people, periods of darkness are so long Mm -hmm. like seasonally and uh she's like i struggle with depression all the time and uh a year ago when i first got the idea for this festival uh she was like i've always struggled with suicidal thoughts and she was like i was gonna kill myself i was just gonna do it and then she's like hey you should put together a festival before you die and that's why it's called the alaska before you die fest and i was like oh my god (laughs) that is epic (laughs) wow that's intense that is intense yeah so yeah Damn, that's a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Is she a comedian or is she? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's a, an Anchorage comedian, and she uh, she gets down here a lot. Actually, she just after a couple of weeks out of, after the festival, she was down in L.A. I think, and then she went to like Vegas. Oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, and then I saw later she's touring down here again in the like the Southwest. Mm-hmm. So, How, yeah. did you get a feel for the comedy scene in the area up there, or was it because it was a festival, it was insulated? Um. Because it was a festival, there was comics coming from all around the country to Anchorage, but there was also a lot of locals on the fest, and they were all really good, Um, like really good. Um, I got to stay with this guy, a local guy named Matt Collins, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my favorite part about Matt was he picked me up at the airport, and I just started asking quite like, whenever I go somewhere, I just ask questions about you know, the, the city or whatever. So I was like, what's the population? He's like, Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's 800,000. And I'm like, that seems really high. And then I Googled it and I'm like, that's not true. (laughs) And then I'd be like, Oh, what's this? And he's like very confidently like, Oh, it's this. And then I'd Google it later. Like, that's not true. Like any, everything Matt said was a lie, except for we went on this hike. It wasn't intentionally a lie. He just, he thought he knew the answers and he didn't, but we were, we went on this hike up to like, kind of like the foothills around Anchorage. And, uh, 
there's this mountain off in the distance, kind of away from Anchorage, and it's called Sleeping Lady because mm-hmm. it looks like a person like on their side, so like shoulders and hips. Whoa. And uh, it's called Sleeping Lady. And he points it out and he goes, that mountain, that's called Sleeping Lady. And I'm like, I'm sure it is, Matt, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Built the confidence up, yeah. Yeah, and then like a quarter mile later, this this other hiker is like hiking past us on the trail. And he's like, excuse me, ma'am, is that called Sleeping Lady? He's lived in Anchorage, I think like his whole life. And he's like, is that called Sleeping Lady? And she's like, yes, it is. And he's like, I got one, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. But yeah, it was a good time. All uh, Matt Collins got to open up for um, Derek Sheen, and uh, well, him and Derek Sheen opened up for uh, Kyle Kinane on this mm-hmm. one show that I watched. So Dang. that was really cool. That's tight. Yeah. And how are festivals set up, or, or is it very different between each festival? Um, so I tagged along to a festival in Salt Lake City <laughs> a few years that. ago. Yeah, that was my first festival experience, and then this festival was very much the same format um in that there's like a uh like a downtown area and they'll have like multiple venues in the downtown area and they'll have multiple shows every night for like five nights so it'll be like five nights long 20 shows 50 comedians and um you know so there might be like there's like a show at one venue at six o'clock there's a show at you know a venue down the street at seven o'clock not like two shows at eight o'clock at two different venues so um just kind of gives the the city wherever it's at a good uh helping of comedy that they can kind of pick and choose what kind of show they want to watch because there was i was on in alaska i was on um the first one was called the the Lower Forty Eight Invasion. So the very first show they did, it was like a uh, like a locals only show. So it was mm-hmm. Anchorage comedians, and then there was the uh, the Lower Forty Eight Invasion. So it was comics from not Alaska. Yes. Uh, so I was on that, and then I did uh, a clean comedy showcase, mm-hmm. um, and at this like <laughs> this really ritzy like hotel bar, which is kind of fun. <laughs> they had wine vending machines, which Wait, was really weird. What? Yeah, they had like these vending machines where you stick like a fancy glass in and then it's got all these like tubes that just go into like probably like $400 wine bottles and then you just like push a button and then it siphons wine out and puts oh. it in your glass oh, like, this is super weird that is so weird <laughs> yeah but so I did that and then the gateway show which is like the opposite of the clean comedy showcase <laughs> and uh and then I did a show called uh the last gasp which was Ooh. um Anyone who was still in town the last <laughs> evening, <laughs> which was still like everybody. But oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. And how were the crowds there overall? Um, uh, they were amazing. Um, they were super good. I got to close out the uh, the clean comedy showcase mm-hmm. at, in this in this nice bar. And uh, so I was the very last one up after like probably getting close to like two hours of comedy and the, like the audience, you know, at that point after like about an hour and a half audiences start to get like burned out. Yeah. And so like all the comics who had gone already, there was other shows happening also, Mm -hmm. you know, all around town. And so, um, all the comics that had already gone, I think there was like maybe 15 comics on that show. It's, it's a pretty large number of comedians if they're all doing like five minutes a piece, Mm -hmm. six minutes a piece, whatever it was. And, uh, so every, every comic after they went, they would like leave the venue. And so like the crowd is like dwindling. There's still a good crowd there, but it's getting smaller and smaller throughout the show. Mm. I'm the last one up and I'm like, oh man, like all the comics that I wanted like to see me have yeah. already left. And I was like, whatever, I'll just put, put on, you know, a good show for this mm. audience. And, uh, 
so it's clean comedy and the the booker is expressed like clean like nothing dirty at all and i finished on i have uh, i don't know if you've heard my period joke <laughs> i finished on that and i just saw her like tense up like you can't and then that joke just killed and, oh, and yes. then she's like and she just walks up and she's like brady like ending on a period joke i was really questionable but that worked <laughs> and i was like yep i've told that one in front of families before <laughs> oh is that how you make the call on that is when you tell it on you kind of like test it out on someone who might be a little more prudent yeah i mean none of my jokes are like really like vile or anything <laughs> but uh yeah that's the thing that i'm trying to figure out is is like clean like how would you even determine clean yeah like, i mean like it's, it's not uh it's just a joke about uh women on their periods yeah yeah syncing up it doesn't have anything like there's no graphic like element to it other than that oh someone can get grossed out essentially yeah. is like a real big yeah. one yeah, yeah yeah so like um I think I talked about this last time <laughs> I was on, but I was on like a like a dinner party. Did I tell you about that? Oh yeah, you did tell yeah. me about the dinner party. Was that was very much a super, another surprise or yeah. a surprise, uh, yeah, comedy show. Yeah, just for a yeah, lot of the guests. sprung on people. Yeah, that whole kind of thing, and and uh, yeah, just uh, was told like nothing, nothing grotesque. <laughs> people are eating dinner, yeah. and I'm like, they can handle this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> with. That, that really speaks to you, what you said earlier, though, um, which is like all the comedians that you wanted to see your material weren't they, they left, mm -hmm. you know, went on to other shows. Yeah. And you still want to put on a good show because I mean, like, yeah. regardless of what you do, it's it's very it, or no, it, it can be easy to get caught up in like your expectations mm -hmm. to the point to where you miss the mark because mm -hmm. it's like it's not really what you do. Mm -hmm. right? It's how you do. Yeah. And I always try to. I've been doing comedy for over four years now, and I always try to, and sometimes I'll get my hopes up, but mm -hmm. I just try to not have expectations anymore mm -hmm. because, well, like a few <laughs> a few weeks ago, I um, did this show down in Yelm, Washington. Oh, fuck. And, yeah. <laughs> and I found out, I, I read up on Yelm. They have a cool <laughs> cult down there, which is what? awesome. Yeah, it's, what is it Horse called? fucking cult. No, <laughs> you would think, but yeah. no, it's, what is it called? Uh, the School of uh, Ramtha's Enlightenment or something like that. <laughs> what? And so basically... There was, I think it started in like the 70s or 80s, and there was this woman standing in her kitchen, and she was visited by this like 10 foot tall spirit giant thing Whoa. called like Ramtha. And then he's like, oh, I'm the old one or whatever. And she was like, tight. And then like, <laughs> he like, like possessed her basically. So now she's like the communicator of Whoa. this spirit giant. But yeah, they have like a, like a Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Children, but like for people who follow this religion down there. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. But so I, I had, like, I read about it. Cause I was just like, what's in Yelm? Cause I'm going down there for the show. And then, and that was the first thing that came up and I was like, what? <laughs> and then I drove past it on the way into town and I was driving into town and I was like this, there's nothing in this town. And then I drove past this like, like gated mansion thing that says like whatever school of enlightenment. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I, I agreed to do this show because it was pitched on, uh, Facebook as, um, like, always well attended it's always packed out um this particular evening we're not gonna like uh pay the comics but you'll get like a like a really professionally shot video in front of a good crowd oh, nice. and i was like oh, yeah I'll, I'll do that like i'm always looking for like a good video i have some good videos but i was like you know what this might be really cool like whatever and uh 
I should have like I should have been tipped off by like the no pay thing, yeah, yeah. and the Yelm Washington thing, <laughs> <laughs> middle of nowhere. Yeah, but so I uh, drive all the way down there, and it was on like a weeknight, and traffic sucked. There was like so many accidents all the way down I five. It took I think like five hours to get down there or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, and so and I get there and I walk in and there was like three people there. Oh, and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, I mean, driving into town, I kind of was like assessing the the terrain and I was like, this is not going to be a good comedy show. <laughs> and I walk in, I was like three people. Cool. And then, uh, the, uh, the professional like filming was an iPad propped up against like a Coke can. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can, yes. I can literally cannot use this video for anything. And, uh, and so, and we were supposed to do 15 minutes each. <laughs> and so there was me and like two other comics I knew and three other comics I didn't know. And so each of us go up to basically just each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then there was two patrons sitting at the bar, just kind of in the back. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I'm just going to like, I'm going to do my jokes for these three people I know and three people I don't know. And it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, I drove all the way here. I might as well like have a good time with it. And mm-hmm. I thought about, I thought about like leaving before the show and it's like, no, I drove all the way down here. I'm, I'm not going to not do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It has that, have you confronted that kind of situation more and more as you've gone along or less and less? I would imagine you handle it better and it doesn't like bother you. Yeah. As much. I mean, when you've done, I've thought about this when you've done, like you only have like 10 open mics or whatever under mm-hmm. your belt. And if you show up to one expecting greatness, like this is going to be my big break. Mm-hmm. And there's three people there. You're like, Oh, it's crushing. But if you've done, hundreds of shows and a bunch of them have gone well and a bunch of them haven't gone well. Mm-hmm. And then you have one, whether it's really good or really bad, it's like, well, that was one show. There's, mm-hmm. I have another show in a couple of days. So like, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. the single shows really don't matter anymore. Mm, that makes so, sense. Yeah. But yeah. I'll put like the flower in my hair and be a little hippie, but like, <laughs> is that, that, that's like the cycle of suffering overall, mm-hmm. right. Is where mm-hmm. you have like, you know, any, any kind of expectation and yeah. there's, yeah. and also the, the idea that there's a paradise because there is no paradise, but right now mm-hmm. in the sense, like if for any reason you're, you're unhappy or you feel anguish, right. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think will make it better or make your life like different. Mm-hmm won't because your internal experience, right? You're still react. You're just reacting to the environment around you. Right. But if you change how you react, then you have fundamentally changed now your emotional and psychological experience. Yeah. And that's, yeah, exactly. And I try to like, and I'll still be like kind of upset sometimes if like a show goes poorly, but it's like, I just try to go into like, just, just have fun. Mm -hmm. Just like do your stuff. And like, if there's four people there, whatever, entertain those four people mm-hmm. and like the i could see in in the, the the show in yelm some of the other comics were like getting frustrated you could tell they were frustrated mm-hmm. on stage because there's no one there and everyone in the back of their mind as they're telling their jokes is like i drove for fucking four hours to be here and there's nobody here mm-hmm. and uh just getting angry about it and um you know just kind of kind of starting to take it out of the audience like i don't even know why i'm here like saying that kind of stuff and then mm-hmm. i was just like i'm just gonna go up and have fun and then i got a lot of good laughs mm. just by being in the moment mm-hmm. the two people that were there that had never seen me were like yeah he's funny yeah <laughs> like, exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> nope nope <laughs> we're at it oh, oh yeah because so when you're Hold on. Get there. Even in those moments that don't seem like it matter and that are like the hardest moments. Mm-hmm. And if you're just like, 
you're fucking enraged or you're upset because, you know, your expectations didn't come true. It's like, this is fucking four people in this room, you know, fuck mm-hmm. this. And like you said, you're giving that energy to the crowd. Right. And like that just might compound your next show or your next show and really have you downward spiraling on like, you know, yeah. having unrealistic expectations and just mm-hmm. suffering. Whereas opposed to like before, you know, letting go and then you get your reps in, right? Because the reps, mm-hmm. I mean, it's they're kind of similar, even if it's a small crowd and a big crowd. I know it's different, right? Yeah. Or I kind of know it's different, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, I did, yeah. like, I did, I was thinking about just, you know, each show is different. I did three shows, uh, this was a few weeks ago, but I did three shows all within um, probably about a week. And one show, there was about 50 people there. The audience was on fire. Uh, the next show was that Yelm show. There was like four people there and I drove like nine hours round trip to do this like terrible show that I didn't get paid for. Can't use the video. Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, I did this like sold out show at this legit comedy club up in Canada for like 110 plus people. Oh yeah. And so it's just like, it's just, you don't, don't hold on to the bad shows because mm-hmm. the good shows right around the corner. So yeah. 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 Well, that, that, and that's like I said, is like everything, right. Is because they're, you, you can increase the amount of overall happiness that you feel if you were to look at it like a like a, a piece of pie right or many slices of pie mm-hmm. if you're going to experience anger you're going to experience sadness frustration and fear mm-hmm. and also happiness and like i think to be happy all the time is at, at a detriment right mm-hmm. um and you don't because it's like that minds or that whole thing is like win or learn right and i imagine you learn a lot from bombing or you learn a lot from having a shit crowd if there's such a thing or even a small crowd right right and you could that will like feed your overall self because that's how you grow mm-hmm. is i think those like feel good moments those aren't even the stories that obviously the right. stories that we tell right, right? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta learn how to yeah the, the crowds that are like small or drunk you're in a bad mood yeah or Mm -hmm. you know there's drunks in the audience or whatever like those are the ones where you have to just focus on telling the jokes and like you're if you have a good time the audience is going to have a good time if you get wrapped up in the like the negativity of whatever is happening then you're going to be negative on stage and you're going to project that and then the audience is going to be negative back and then everyone's going to have a terrible night yeah but if you're just like it's whatever i'm going to have fun then maybe not everybody's having fun maybe there's some asshole that just goes sucks but mm-hmm. like yeah. most people are going to have a good time and then it's you know worth it whether you entertained four people or 400 like mm-hmm. you had a good time those people had a good time and isn't even that carry over to like the energy that you put into the words that you say really affect or mostly really affects the crowd right yeah and yeah and i try to like remember if and i'm i'm getting better at it i'm not s- still great at it but i'm getting better in that like if if an audience is small or low energy mm-hmm. trying to like hype them up like trying to be that like that like big positive force in the room yeah. and then getting them on board with that mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of like turn around the energy of the room because like you're as a comedian the focal point mm-hmm. and so you're you know you're steering the room so you got to steer them in the right direction and then you got to get them to follow along so mm-hmm. yeah is that a characteristic of you in everyday life or is that something that you don't exhibit as much uh, <laughs> I <laughs> Comedy is weird for me because comedy is like a facet of myself. Um, and in comedy, I've gotten myself like, like taken charge and got myself like booked on shows that are like maybe like a little beyond my like, um, 
maybe like a little beyond my experience level, but I get myself booked on anyways and then I have a good experience with oh, that great. and then I can kind of like level up mm-hmm. um, or like just being like kind of the the leader of a group of people on stage. In, in my everyday life, I very much avoid leadership positions mm-hmm. and like um, don't like to make decisions for groups of people mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So like comedy is just like this like aspect of myself where I'm kind of like, I know what I'm doing in this area. And the rest of my life is like, I don't know what I'm doing. Someone else make decisions for me. Dude, tell me about it. With I'm learning that more and more with the things that I do because like through rock climbing is a really good example mm-hmm. is I'll lead a route. And what that means is I'm placing, clipping the rope. I'm mm-hmm. placing the, the gear, like clipping a carabiner or the hooky, right. the closed hooking device mm-hmm. onto the rock. And then, um, I then clip my rope into there. Mm-hmm. I tie my knot, right? Cause you're responsible for your own knot always. Um, but I have to be responsible. If I don't tie that correctly, it'll just come under done and I'll die. It's not that mm-hmm. hard, yeah. but if you're like it's super self deprecating, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Do it for me. But yeah. then in this way though, I'm like, no, I got this and I'll show people. Mm-hmm. That's like not like me. And then with rock climbing, like, the person who has me, um, their life in my or my life in their hands because mm-hmm. they're belaying me, mm-hmm. or they're like feeding the rope through, and then if I fall, they'll still hold on to the rope so that when I fall, the rope doesn't go through and I just hit the ground and die. <laughs> right. And like I have to teach them, yeah. and that's not like me, is because yeah. in my everyday life I'm a bitch. Or okay, <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm close to that. <laughs> no, I'm, <so>. not. <laughs> I'm very much a bitch. I, I really feel that all the women I've been with, they like watch football and they're like. Like very aggressive and <laughs> it sucks they used to tell me what to do I didn't like it yeah. but nah, it's not like that as much anymore because all these things like I've done them more and now they're starting to take over my like my life because yeah. even the work that I do now is like I have to tell not well, tell a kid but I have to encourage a kid to do work and mm-hmm. to like to take on you know this the responsibility of life like mm-hmm. I just sit with one kid all day and i been doing that for months Mm -hmm. and like that's not like me but now it is Mm -hmm. you know through doing these things and like i guess yeah as as i'm aging when i was um like a kid i i 100 like avoided like any decision making or leadership or whatever and now and i think first it like started with comedy and now it's kind of like going into like my personal life more and my uh day job professional life Mm -hmm. in that i'm becoming more um leadershipy mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I guess um, you're gonna start like, a cult yeah 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 <laughs> join me after work for <laughs> special drinks watch um, me do the helicopter <laughs> 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 no one would be in that cult if I was just waving my dick around <laughs> watch me do the helicopter let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> why does he think this would be a good time for anybody <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now I just got that image in my head. I don't know what we were talking about before that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, leadership coming more into your career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just um it's kind of a change of subject, but mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. I was thinking about doing comedy in the first three and a half to four years. Right now I've been doing it like four and a half years. Mm-hmm. So the first like three and a half to four years is is building your act and is going to open mics and um trying out stuff and figuring out how to to work an audience and figuring out how to write a joke and figuring out everything from scratch Mm -hmm. what your stage presence is that kind of stuff and then 
now I'm, I'm several years in and I've made an act. I have an act now <clears throat> where I can do 30 to 40 minutes, you know, just, Oh, you mm-hmm. want to go up? I can go up and I can do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's weird having got to that point because before it was like, oh, I'll try to hit the open mics and I'll try to do this. And it's really hard to get on shows. And now it's like people are like, oh, you want to like the the gateway show I got to do up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, I've done that show in several states now, um, Washington, Oregon, Alaska. Uh, so this is Canada for the first time I just did. And then I'm doing a run of uh, a couple of gateway shows in California next week, actually. But um, so I've just kind of like built this reputation with uh Billy who does that show mm-hmm. and so Billy Anderson called me or messaged me on Facebook and he's like you got a passport and I just I knew where that was going yeah. and I was like yep and he's like you want to be in Canada in a couple of days and I'm like yep <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just kind of like great opportunity solid club mm-hmm. 110 plus like oh, people yeah. sold out at Laugh Lines Comedy Club in New Westminster BC and it was just rad experience and like that happened recently this like california trip that i set up again largely through billy and then also through a guy um jason van glass who i met on the alaska festival so it's just like the alaska festival led into an opportunity in um california which led into like because of my other connection, Billy further, mm-hmm. like, so it turned into this like mini tour of yeah. California. I'm doing like Los Angeles, San Francisco and Sacramento. Oh, that's cool. Uh, four shows and four nights. So just kind of like, I don't know, just like that. And so things are starting to like line up. Your momentum is really building yeah, in that. Like, yeah, I spent all that time just kind of like building an act and now I have an act. Oh, and mm-hmm. then like today on Facebook, I realized that a week from today, I'm going down to California and like, I knew the trip was coming up, but today I was like, Oh shit, that's one week from today. Like it's really coming up. And so I posted that on Facebook. I'm like, I just realized this is a week from today. (laughs) And then one of my Facebook friends was like, where are you going? And I was like, these three cities. And then someone saw that and private messaged me. They're like, Hey, like I do show, like I book shows. I know bookers in Sacramento. What dates are you there? I'll throw you some shows. And I'm like, I'm only there one night and I already have a show that night. But (laughs) Oh, that's great. But just the fact that he was like, oh, I saw you. and <laughs> the, opp- but the opportunity, because yeah. they have this thing when you start when you start things that's suggested, mm-hmm. uh, God, what, by fucking the Wizard of Oz? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's like, there's a handful of um, business mentors. Um, one of the guys is the guys who made a CD Baby, right? He was on mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss' podcast. He talks about like saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And then to the point to where you are in such a demand where you have to start saying no. Yeah. And then say yes to things that only make you say hell yes. Yeah. And that's and when I should it have said changed. no to the show and yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and as I said yes, I was like, this should be a no. And I still said yes. But it's <laughs> getting better at that. You learn, right? Yeah. Over time. Yeah. And it starts to slowly shift to where like you're, you're in demand more than you, you know, you you were looking for spots in that right. sense. Right. And I remember mm. like when I first started like going down to, I went down to Olympia. So that was another five plus hours drive to get mm-hmm. down to Olympia to do just an open mic and then come back the same night. Wow. But like, and so now they're like a, a similar experience was like, I still see it as like a positive. Cause I got to do like 15 minutes mm-hmm. to the four people or whatever. But like, um, how like that happens less and less and how like big, like big audience pay shows are happening more and more frequently. Still not as frequent as I would like, mm-hmm, but it's getting there. So 
it's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. just from the time that I've known you, I've watched like momentum build mm-hmm. and like it's it's awesome, man. I really admire that in you and like your diligence and stuff and really putting forth your priorities because like um, I don't like spend a lot of time with you, right? But you seem just from our conversations, pretty unwavering mm-hmm. in your priorities, mm-hmm. uh, specifically of comedy, though. Mm-hmm. And that's very admirable because I think, like, a handful of people, right, out of, a, you know, a majority out of a group might have difficulty, unless they're obsessed, right, mm-hmm. um, not being unwavering or being, a, yeah, not be, being unwavering. They'd have a hard time just sticking with it and right. seeing it through. Yeah. And I think... That's like another thing with comedy uh, and, and with probably any performing art or any skill that you want to do. Like, I, remember, I think I talked about this on one of the podcasts. Like, I wanted to be good at skateboarding, but I never stuck it through. I yeah. like skinned my knee once and then bailed on the mm-hmm. sport. Um, but, like, with comedy, I think your, your kind of, like, breakthroughs start happening around, like, five years or so. Mm-hmm. And then your, like, career can happen between, like, five and 10 years is like where you can like go into it like full time and mm-hmm. like kind of have that. And some people it happens earlier and some people it happens later, but I would say like an average, that's how it works. And cause you see a lot of people do comedy for a year or two and then just drop out. Mm-hmm. And like, there was all these people around when I was first starting who were like, I looked up to as like, Oh my God, they're so much better than me. They've been doing it so much longer than me. And then I realized they've been, do- they started four months before I did. Ah. And I was like, Oh, okay. So not, that much more experienced and then they stopped and then now I've been doing comedy another two years beyond Mm -hmm. them. So it's just weird to like see that turnaround and see the people who do stick with it for years and years and it's like momentum starts to build and then you're like, yeah, yeah, you just got to stick with it. So exactly. Just hold through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like the, um, I mean for, for most people, right. You'd have to be pretty, pretty fortunate or be a phenomenon it was like anything that you learn. I guess performing arts, yeah. Um, if you learn anything technical, like jujitsu is a similar thing in terms mm-hmm. of if you want to do it professionally, like competitive sports, you know, mm-hmm. initially. Well, unless you're going to go in the Olympics, you ain't getting paid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. initially as a competitor, right, you make a little. And then if you're the one to stick with it and course correct mm-hmm. throughout, mm-hmm. then because believe me, there's a guy that's like competing at these tournaments and he's never won any of them. And he's never even moved up in like rank, for instance. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's like like not being able to do more time on stage. Right. Yeah. And like. But for the most part, if you stay with it and you course correct, then you can be paid mm-hmm. and you can get into this place where you're successful. Mm-hmm. Arguably, though, when you um, when you do something that delivers enter- entertainment mm-hmm. and is like a material art or a performance art, mm-hmm. even though competition is a performance art in some fashion, mm-hmm. you get paid way more because you're not like I would argue that you're more likely if you were to start comedy to be um to make money in comedy and support yourself through specifically like comedy and mm-hmm. all of the tertiary activities around it, you know, some mm-hmm. like entertainment and stuff. Yeah. More likely to make a living off of that than you are like being a professional rock climber or just like the sports. It seems like it's, that's right. a lot harder to cut it. But like with these right. arts, you know, even yeah. if you do like fucking drama and theater and shit. Yeah. And like, I mean, you're not going to make the first few years of comedy. You're not going to make more than mm-hmm. like, the gas money. Yeah. Or you're just going to go to Yelm and not make anything. And not make anything. Yeah. Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, first few years, there was a lot of like, not really good paying opportunities, but the more you do it and then people realize like, Oh, you've, you have put a lot of effort into this. You have made something. Now you can start getting paid for it for real. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's exciting though. Cause like, I don't know, there must've been at some point, 
that you decided that you cared about comedy, but it's worthwhile in your life to care about something more than food and sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I like all of that, but yeah. it's like once you find that, like all of that, and it makes everything worthwhile, mm-hmm. and then whatever obsession um, that generates within you would be eventually rewarded, mostly. Mm-hmm. Some people try really hard for a long time mm-hmm. and get shit. Yeah. But. I mean, and like, I wanted to do stand up originally just to tell my jokes and have people laugh. And mm-hmm. I didn't have any expectations beyond like going to some open mics and like, you know, wildest case scenario is I would end up doing like an unpaid bar show, but being able to do like a half hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be so cool to be yeah. able to entertain people for like a half hour. <laughs> like, it'd be so cool. And now like I do that pretty frequently mm-hmm. and I get paid for it mm-hmm. and I'm trying to build something that's even longer than a half hour. Mm-hmm. And you know, travel even more and get paid even more for it. So I've already like two years ago, exceeded my own personal expectations for what I wanted out of comedy. So yeah, now everything else is just like, like icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's cool. That is cool. Yeah. I find myself at quite the crossroads because I have disciplines where I'm competitive, like sports, right. It's like running Mm jujitsu. Not rock climbing. Don't fucking um, running and jujitsu. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fuck rock climbing. Yeah, fuck it. Well, it's like, <laughs> how are you gonna compete in that? You yeah. Know, like I will. Like, Dude, hmm. I saw this. Uh, I don't know what it like. Who the sponsor was or what the name of the competition was, but it was this rock climbing wall. It's probably I think they said it was seventy five feet tall, uh-huh. and it started at a pool. So there was a pool underneath. So if you yeah. fall off, you land in the oh, pool. Oh yeah. But so it was these two like really small gals, and they were climbing up this wall that went more and more like backwards, like oh, overhang. so it was overhanging. Yeah. yeah. So you had like, and it's seventy five feet of gradually more and more overhanging. Oh, yeah. So by the time you get up near the top, you're like almost like horizontal on your back hanging from the wall and it was like a speed climbing so it's two people versing each other Mm -hmm. climbing as fast as they could and one of them was a very quick skilled climber and the other one is like slow and methodical so one of them like shot ahead and the other one was just like slowly creeping up the wall and one got like two thirds of the way up and then (laughs) fell and like hit the water and then the other one just had to make it to the top within like five minutes or whatever it was and she was like slow and steady and like (laughs) she was so small compared to the other one the other the other gal who was like quick had this huge (laughs) reach and this one girl was just like could like barely she had to like jump to do the holds and stuff that's how I am Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah and she made it and she got to the top and it was crazy and then once you got to the top like the whole like audience like applauded and then she had to jump off the top into the pool oh okay i'm ignorant as fuck that's like the coolest competition yeah, that you could do it was do. rad what? like i don't know what it was called but it was so cool that's to watch crazy. i was watching it and like i didn't because it doesn't show the whole wall at first it just mm-hmm. shows them oh yeah and from like how it's filmed them and then like 10 feet above them and as they're going up i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> And then she got to the top and then she had to jump off. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't oh, even do I'd that be, part. Yeah, I'd be so scared. <laughs> oh, I feel like that guy like climbs a ladder really high up to the diving board into the kiddie pool. Yeah. It's just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's with with those things. Like, I guess that would be a lot of fun, though, with competition. But mm-hmm. um, when I think back to it, like being in the have you ever been bouldering or went rock climbing in yeah. a gym? Yeah. Have you ever went on a mountain? No. Day and night. It's like like yeah. crazy. Because yeah. the gym is fun in terms of like moving your body, right? Right. And trying to figure out hard problems. But when you're on like a rock and you're like, you know, 100 feet up in the air and you have like wind blowing on your taint, it's like, oh, 
And I was about to say I'm not about that because I don't like heights. I don't but like heights thing, either. The same thing seems kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every time I okay, almost every time I climb, it's like I want to get down and I don't want to die. Yeah. Um, and oh, that, that's what they say makes a really good climber though. Is like if you're afraid of heights, mm-hmm. it's good. Because yeah, then you good. won't die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I, I'm at a crossroads with those because like. I can spend more time in, in doing these sports, yeah. right, and try to professionalize that in the sense like now I'm starting to I teach classes specifically to, to youth. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I continue to professionalize that, like I think of the lifestyle of like competing and having to fly out to like events and then put all this physical preparation in and do the event and then exhaust it after the fact and like try to eke out like some fun stuff with my son in the city or the area. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, that'd be hard after the fact and then fly back and do this like crazy, you know, tournament routine. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I love doing that, but like to the level of professionalism, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm uncertain. And then I look at like my entertainment things, like with a podcast, um, graphic design, having my own business, that's not entertaining. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, even like with, I've always loved comedy and I love the lifestyle that follows that mainly performing because it's either poetry or comedy when it comes down to it. But Mm -hmm. I'd rather have people like fucking, um, laughing instead of ooing and aahing or snapping Mm -hmm. goddamn fingers at me. Mm -hmm. But, (laughs) and I think of like the lifestyles, like where are you going to make people like laugh and give them joy or Mm -hmm. are you going to give them a novel perspective? you know being poetry or whatever Mm -hmm. um and like that professionalized lifestyle where you're doing it all the time and that's the priority Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to contend with that side of me with the side that like wants to like entertain wants to be creative with the Mm -hmm. art that i produce um whether it's performing or writing you know and yeah and some people i know have been doing comedy for 10 years and it's never been their intention to do it Mm -hmm. professionally um but they stick with it because they love entertaining people mm-hmm. and given the choice, they wouldn't want to do it professionally, but they're like, oh, I just, you know, I love, you know, they, they stick to like the open mics or they're like up to 10 minute, like showcases. Uh, they've been doing it for like 10 years, but they're like, I'm, this is what I want out of comedy. I don't want to do it full time. I want to like, you know, I have other interests, other priorities in life, but I still get joy out of doing comedy enough to continue doing it. The stupid monkey in my head, though, says not for them. But if I were to apply this to like jujitsu and like running loser, like in the sense that like, you know, I don't I don't see them as that, but I see me as that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I were to do something and then I didn't try to be really good at it and mm-hmm. I just let it, you know, as like a hobby, I guess, mm-hmm. like I yeah, feel so I, self-conscious I think- around. I don't know why. I think it is suck. comes down to your priority for mm. for me now. It's like I ego. it's yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It has gotten to the point where, like I said, I never expected to be able to do like full time comedy. Mm-hmm. But now that I've advanced to the point where that's maybe a possibility for me, I'm like, I might as well push for it. Whereas other people, it's like, yeah, I have, you know, maybe they have a career that they're passionate about or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, you know, have some people have uh, health concerns and they can't, you know, go on the road and do comedy all the time. So mm-hmm. it's like, I just, you know, this is something that I still do get joy out of. And I still, um, it's a positive experience that I do, but it's relegated to a hobby. It's never going to be anything more than a hobby mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're, even their comedy is growing. Like if mm-hmm. you're growing as a comedian and all you're doing is, 
open mics in 10 minute spots. Why, you know, and, and you don't, you don't, um, need anything more than that out mm-hmm. of it. I still find that like a positive yeah, that thing. That decision is independent of growth. Yeah. And right. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's a comforting thing to hear because like I have conversations where I go back and forth with myself all the time and it's mainly about like, Made the sports in that sense, specifically like jujitsu. Like I, I like right now what I'm fine is I like to compete to get an understanding of like throw gum on the wall, feel how it sticks. Yeah. And then, and then course correct after that. It's like, like I was, I'm running and I like doing ultra runs, right? Mm-hmm. These, these are fun in terms of like figuring out this unknown territory. Like, mm-hmm. can I run 50 miles? Can I run, you know, hundred K can I run a hundred miles and doing it in a supported area? Um, but then when I'm running these, I even find myself like, I just want to climb that mountain. Like I, I'm yeah. feeling my myself naturally prioritizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's nice to know because I get a lot of anxiety about like, I should be very planned. I should know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I see people like, like yourself or even like my business partner, Alfie, where he's like jujitsu all the time. And I'm like, wow, they just, they have this thing that they know what they want. And they've, they were able to pick that out of the mess, the heap. Mm-hmm. And just run with it. And I'm like, am I doing it wrong or am I just still picking things out of the heat? I think, you know? I think a lot of that comes down to just our, our, our productivity mm-hmm. culture and our like, like fear of missing out and that kind of stuff. Like, like you have to, you know, even if it's a hobby, you have to be the best at your hobby and, mm-hmm. and you can't, you can't just enjoy the moment like in anything, even if it's just a hobby, you can't just do it for fun. Mm-hmm. You have to do it to be the best at it. And like, I think you can do things for fun and I think you mm-hmm. can take breaks from things. And I think you can take self care time if you need it and that kind of stuff. And if jerking if, off time, yeah, yes, jerking yes. off time. And if you're going too hard, I think you can like pump brakes and slow down and, and make those <laughs> pump your dick. Is that yeah. what you're thinking? Yeah. yeah. Rug burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But like, I don't know, I think all those things are important. And I think like just living a life at your own pace, no matter what that is, I think that's important. And that actually, that makes me think of like the person that I imagine who, who's more of a caricature of a person or perhaps even an archetype. Caricature is in like a fantasy that doesn't exist, but archetype is in uh, something you see in a movie that actually does exist, which mm-hmm. is like the person who is laboring at some job or like lifestyle that they hate. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting. They're wallowing in their suffering. Yeah. And like, I don't think you should be wallowing or like hating whatever you're mm-hmm. doing in life. But I think you can have a lot of different interests or a lot of different priorities. Mm-hmm. And then your balancing act of all of them is you. your choices, is yeah. your priorities, is what you're deciding to do. That so. makes sense because that person who's in that state, right, um, hypothetically speaking, like they're – just not in sync or they're not in God fucking put the flower on the hair, hippie shit, like in tune with their body and how they feel like what they want to do. They don't know yeah. what they want to do. They're not acting on it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or like I've met people who have lots of different competing interests. Like I've met people who do, uh, like you're saying like poetry and music and comedy. And so they're, they're kind of, they're good in each of those areas and they're not necessarily exceeding or, you know, pushing past blowing minds in any particular area because mm-hmm. they have several different focuses that all make them happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. And I think that I even like, now that you're saying that the blowing mind thing reminded me of something in childhood that I experienced and like, I think I still experience it now and I'm kind of erasing it away or just pushing it and masking it. Right. Mm-hmm. Is like, 
um, my my desire to be like mind blowing mm-hmm. <laughs> and not like Bill Nye the science guy or not like trying to just like oh, I'm awesome. Let me give you all my good ideas, but like here it is. I would try to I try to rap. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, yeah. it was yeah. embarrassing. And like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it I don't was. even know, yeah. but I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a town of 7,000. Okay, no, I started in a town of 300. Yeah. And I had dial up and I had like my digital audio workstation shit on my computer. And I would make, make hip hop. There is not a fucking cultural tie to that. Right. Anywhere, and I'm not speaking like a pro- cultural appropriation. I just mean it was, it was bad, man. Yeah. I was like a white uh, trailer tray. It was horrible. Yeah, but um, I was doing that, and every time when I'd write, I read all. I was reading online at the time. What you're supposed to do is like, or a good way to do it is emulate the guys that you like, right? And mm-hmm. like try to try to say their their songs, right, to their mm-hmm. beats, the instrumentals. Um, and then when you write. Write like just just stupid shit. Just write that rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. Do it, and you know that for maybe writing, where you just like you write on a word document and you mm-hmm. just keep writing and yeah. don't get hung up on. Oh wait, that, those words that I'm about to write aren't good. Let me just refer. Right. And you're gonna get stuck. Yeah. And like, so what I would do is instead of doing all the simple shit, I'm like, nah. If I'm gonna do this, I gotta do it really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And so I'd sit there for hours. I smoke a lot of weed, and like <laughs> I was just alone. And like, all right, let me write this cool line. I sit there for like an hour, a line an hour. Yeah. And it's like, what what really happened is I didn't produce anything great because that's <laughs> that doesn't really happen yeah. your first couple of times. You might get lucky if that does, or yeah. you know, you're phenom, phenom, but like. It took me a long time to get shitty, basically. <laughs> it took me a long time to get shitty. Well, so we were talking about like the different, like different passions that you're focusing on. And when you said you like you started with like writing rap. Um, so I have a buddy. His name's Michael. He uh, he's done all of my tattoos. He's he's a full time professional tattoo artist. That's his day job. He's a tattoo artist. Oh, cool. Um, but he back uh, I knew him in high school, so I've known him for. 12 years or more um because we met even pretty young in high school but um so he he had a lot of interest he liked to draw he liked to rap and he's very outdoorsy he loves sports he loves like rock climbing and stuff so now his he's he's pursued each of those passions what he's um he's really good at tattooing and he's a full-time tattoo artist he's tattooed like at least three members of the seahawks and he just he just posted on his instagram it's um michael adventures I think is his uh, Instagram name. If you, if you search Michael Adventures, you'll find it. Uh, his name is Michael Adelstein. But he uh, just did this Game of Thrones uh, tattoo that's like like photorealistic. It's amazing. Wow. It's so good. So he's he's gotten to the point where he's crushing it in tattooing, and he does it full time, and that's his day job. That's how he makes his money. Uh, every day he has off, he's mountain climbing and rock climbing um, and getting better at that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then side note in his rapping, when he was was like just out of high school he like released this like rap album and i don't know how it happened but he like rented out a theater and like put on this like single man like rap show of these like what? songs that he'd written and he sold like t-shirts and cds and like it was this like one night event and his takeaway was man i suck at rap <laughs> oh <laughs> he's my like, god he's like i invested like a year or whatever into this thing he's like and i suck at it and i'll never do it professionally but to this day i hung out with him like two weeks ago and he's an incredible freestyle rapper because what? he's just always kept that on the back burner mm-hmm. and he just kind of plays with ideas in his head and that's how his brain works is rhyming and stuff wow. and so when we're driving he just drives down the road and as we're passing things he's just rapping about it and he can keep oh. it going for so long oh. and he's so good at it Whoa. and I'm like I like 
he he knows he's never gonna like that's never gonna be his main mm-hmm. thing. He's he never gonna make it. money off of rapping, but he still loves it and he's so fucking good at it now after like a decade of just like practicing, driving around in the car. He's like, I can freestyle rap about like whatever. He's incredible, but it's just kind of his side thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's a dope dude. Yeah, that guy sounds interesting, man. Yeah, yeah but his, his Instagram's fire. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Does that have a lot of his art on there? Yeah. That's yeah. something that I'm finding out that I that I love is illustrating because I've been working on this kid's book for, man, like a, quite a long time. And I've always had the idea of like doing a kid's book. It's so cool because you got Amazon CreateSpace now uh, where it's completely free to publish books. Really? Yeah, they take – so for the book, right – Usually when you sell anything, um, just for like audience, um, between manufacturing and then actually initiating the sale, mm-hmm. it's uh, 50%, right? So That's dope. Whatever. So the cost of it is, is roughly comes out to about 50% of your retail price. Mm-hmm. Um, so my book is, would be $25 and they'll take like 12 or they take $11 out. Okay. And it's print on demand. So every time that someone orders it, it gets printed and shipped to them from the nearest fulfillment center from Amazon. Interesting. And all you have to do is, is like, you can go the routine of like hiring a designer to, to take all the shit you've done and format it for it. Mm -hmm. But it's really easy as long as you could read like just two pages of text and then format it yourself, which you can do in like just the basic Microsoft, you know, document shit. Yeah. And then send it in and you're done. Shit. Yeah. It's. It's awesome. You can do full novels, you can do all of it. Cool. You don't have to be even a person in the sense that you just have to submit your uh, social security number for like tax purposes. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. And yeah, it's, yeah, dude, it's awesome, man. That's rad. Yeah, there's so much opportunity. Probably as you see in comedy? Um, Question mark. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, with with the technology and going mm-hmm. forth, but because mm-hmm. I know that with so much opportunity and availability, uh, you also have a lot of competition as well. Right. But that makes it, I don't know, more fun. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, found Michael's Instagram. So oh, yeah, really? uh, Michael underscore adventures. And uh, the the most uh, recent tattoo actually that he posted uh, three days ago yeah. um, is actually my wife's tattoo that he did about a week and a half ago. Um, but it's, uh, it's, this isn't an original design, but this is just simple line work. And That's it's just, tight. uh, it's, um, a, it's, it's a symbol that represents the first six original Avengers. What? So it's black widow, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Hulk. Oh, uh, who are the other two? Thor. Spider-Man? Uh-oh. Mm. <laughs> it's like a castrated. one. Anyway, so that's the most recent tattoo. Again, that's this so about cool. uh, an inch and a half, uh, like, long ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on a wrist. It's small. It's super simple line work. Wow, the one beautiful. before that that he posted, look at that. Whoa. It's the level of detail yeah, and the shading Jon on that. Jon Snow, half a face, and the Ice King is the other half oh. from uh, Game of Thrones. But it's so, wow. like... That is so cool. So good. Dude, the level of artwork that people are getting with, with tattoos these days mm-hmm. is insane. He's been doing it, like, I don't know, like seven years, maybe? Really? And he's just, like, just blown up into, like, he's got, like, he does really cool, like, color pieces. He really loves doing, like, floral and animals. Mm-hmm. And then he also loves doing, like, like geometry type stuff, like Ooh, that's mandalas beautiful. and stuff. Yeah. Wow. That mandala is so cool. Yeah. It, just, it really handles the rap really well, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because wow, that's pretty hard, I would imagine, with the contour of your forearm, Yeah, he did this right? uh, top of uh, someone's scalp piece. I actually got to see um, this. I was I was standing right next to this person as he did the reveal. So mm-hmm. when they do a, a tattoo Ooh. reveal, they you know they clean it up and then they put the whatever like healing foam or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and then they wipe it off with a cloth. So they do like a reveal video. But I was standing right next to this person as <laughs> he did it. But yeah, she got the whole top of her head like super intricate. Like that's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. Yeah. He's so good at tattooing. And uh Is he based out of Seattle or Bellingham? He lives uh he lives in Seattle and he works in Bellevue at a shop called Skin and Soul. Skin and Soul? Yeah. Ooh, I might because I gotta get some work done and yeah. I might have to check that out. Skin and soul. That's the one thing I love of one of the many things I love about living within a metropolis mm-hmm. is that you have access to such great talent right because mm-hmm. the competition pool is pretty yeah, large yeah, yeah. and because yeah. th- that's even you see it with comedy as well like uh, if you were to start comedy in yelm mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it might be a little hard well, that's the that's the that's the thing that's interesting for me is that i live in bellingham mm-hmm. and so my closest big city is either vancouver canada which i hadn't been to until very recently or uh going down to seattle um but so like when people ask me like where I'm from, I just like I say Seattle because I get down there frequently enough and I could be considered a Seattle comedian. But like if I say Bellingham, people are like, oh, that must mean you're not as good because you're from a small town. Yeah. But like I'm starting to like make it on festivals and stuff. And it's funny because like the two. So I just did the Alaska Festival back in April and I just got booked on a festival in Portland, Maine in August. Um and both of those, I was like straight up. Like I'm from Bellingham, so mm-hmm. like everyone else on the festival is like so and so from Seattle, Washington. So and so from New York. So and so from Phoenix. Like big cities. And Brady from Bellingham, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's funny that like if you put in like the travel hours, you can make it quote unquote from no matter where you live, even if you live in a small town. Like, yeah. You can still like if you're willing to put in the travel distance. And go places, you can still make it. I, I agree because, like, moving away from Sandpoint, I always talk about that place like it's a shithole, and <laughs> well, kind of is, but <laughs> yeah, I can see that coming. Yeah. Well, let me reassess. <laughs> My friend Austin, uh, he came through the area in September and he was doing a bike tour from <laughs> that town, leaving it. Okay. Yeah, he agrees. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> to go to to move to Denver, and his whole idea yeah. was is that he's going to ride his bike from um, from Sandpoint, Idaho, and go all the way across from eastern to western Washington, and then down south along the coast, all the way down to the border of um, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right. Damn. And yeah, and he does comedy all along the way. Damn. And so when he he was living there, though, he'd have to drive an hour and a half one way for like the nearest open mic from my understanding damn it's like fuck man that's a big investment yeah it's rough but they'd carpool together and make it a thing but like at the same time if you really like something right Mm -hmm. you know what are obstacles and also I'd argue like as shown in LA you just need a car like you can Mm -hmm. be anywhere yeah I just need a street that's yeah I remember like doing like open mics here in Bellingham when I first started and then doing my first like out of town gig was mm-hmm. like I went to this open mic a few times uh, I don't I don't even think they do it anymore but there was um a place in Bothell, Washington, which is like an hour and a half drive or whatever mm-hmm. um called it was this like weird Irish I think it was Irish 
themed pub called <clears> the Three Lions. And so we would like load up a car full, like four or five comedians yeah. and drive an Road hour trip, and a half yeah. down there. Yeah. And, and do this open mic and then drive back. And then that was like one of the, I think probably the first place I out of town featured, I got to do like mm-hmm. a paid 20 minutes at the spot. Oh, and cool. I thought it was so cool to like, I can get in a car and drive an hour and a half. Cause I was yeah. very like small town sheltered kid and just going to another small town an hour mm-hmm. and a half away. Yeah. But like being able to do what I liked kind of a good distance away mm-hmm. and you know, getting paid for it down there. And like, like you drive an hour and a half and you get out and you go to this bar you've never been to. Yeah. And it's right. It was, it was right next door to a martial arts studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so it was yeah. like, it was karate in the alleyway. Dude, and like, that's so cool. Yeah. That was, that was my first like out of town gig. And I thought that was such like a cool experience. <laughs> See, that's what I share with you. Cause both you and I love travel. Right. Yeah. And it, that hits the same nerve. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've had to, um, for poetry, I, when I lived in Idaho, I'd have to go pretty far for out of town or like open mics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly I just did it cause what's that place like? It gave me an excuse yeah. to go there in some yeah. fashion. You know? I love that about comedy, going to a place you've never been before mm-hmm. and walking in and like, you, so with, with comedy, you, I mostly talk to like the bookers on like Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you have a conversation like, yeah, be here this date, this time you get paid this much. Here's the address. See you then. Cool. And then you drive five, 10 hours, whatever. And you get to this place or I've gone up to Canada or Alaska mm-hmm. or overseas. And you get to this place that you've never been and you walk in and then you talk to the person, like you see the person that you talk to on Facebook and you're like, Hey, and mm-hmm. then you just like, you have this weird sense of feeling at home in a place that you've never been before. Ooh. And I love that. Like yeah, that sense of coming home. Yeah. Kinda, right. Yeah. And I just love, I love, I love just like late nights and like weird <laughs> shitty bars. <laughs> it's like my favorite <laughs> thing about comedy. <laughs> What about late nights and shitty bars do you love? I didn't, well, I didn't tell you about mm-hmm. this. So in, uh, in Alaska on the comedy festival that I did, most, not all, but most of the shows took place at um, this bar called Coots. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Coots is just wild. It's like, I imagine, this is not how Coots was built, but I imagine <laughs> it feels like it was like five different bars with like, they're all like rustic, like, like log cabiny oh yeah type really like, leaning into it yeah. yeah but like it feels like like just the, like all the angles are weird and there's like side nook bars oh and like, so it's not just like a flat square no it's, it's not a flat square nooks you and walk crannies. in yeah you walk in there's like the main like drag bar and everyone sits on these like they're they're stumps they're like logs that oh, stick out wow. of the ground and they're all different heights so they're all like really? janky yeah <laughs> and then they're covered with like a like a like a soft top like a plush top so you sit and can sit on this log and not hurt your ass but so like that and there's weird ass christmas lights all over the ceiling and so it's just like janky what? ass dive bar so that's the main room and then you go off to the side and there's this kind of like sort of cleaned up like um pinball machines uh-huh. and they do like regular pinball tournaments and stuff so there's a whole like row of pinball machines <laughs> in this one room yeah and then you go like right beyond the pinball room there's this place called the birdhouse and the birdhouse <laughs> is is this tiny ass bar it's probably about as big as this kitchen mm-hmm. it's you know 10 feet by 15 feet tiny <laughs> tiny you can't fit very many people in there and 
the thing, at least in like the 80s and 90s, the thing about the birdhouse was if women went in there and took off their top and they mm-hmm. went topless, they would like drink for free as long as they were topless. <laughs> and and then you like if you do that, you can like claim like, hey, I've done it. And you can like get your uh, bra like staple gunned to like the wall or the ceiling. Or if you like take off your like panties and your pants, you Whoa. can do the same thing. And so there's just bras and panties and boxer shorts <laughs> all over the oh, ceiling. Boxer shorts, wait. Wait yeah. a minute, guys. Yeah. Can get in <laughs> wait on this? a minute. Wait a minute. I think the main deal is for the ladies, oh, but okay. I definitely saw boxer shorts That's too. That's always how it is. Yeah. Every uh, time I take my pants off, people get weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this place is not that weird, but like just bras and panties and like all over this one side room, and then there's like there's just more rooms. Like I, so, I spent oh. like five days, pretty much twelve hours a day in this bar, and every, I swear to God, every day for the first four days, I found a new room that I hadn't seen oh, before. Oh my god! And I was like, I've seen this whole bar, and oh. Like, we're going to open this door and there's more bars back here. There's like, there's like 12 different bar rooms in this bar. Oh God. It's like, like a half a city block. It's huge. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a trip, but yeah, I loved coots. It was insane. <laughs> I'd go in there just for the pure joy of discovering rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was, there was like, there's there's there like the one main room and there's a few like small sidebars, including the birdhouse. And then there's another main room. And then there's like the green room for comedians, which when there's not a comedy show is like, just like another like room with like pool tables in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's gotta be the end of it. <laughs> but then they opened up another door and there was another bar and what? another room beyond that. And I was oh like, what gosh. the hell? There's just more rooms. <laughs> it's like a room. Russian little doll. Yeah. And then after I'd been there for like five whole days, it was the last day. They're like, did you know there's an upstairs? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, and there was like this like abandoned bar from like the 50s upstairs oh that we got to like gosh. hang out in. It was like the last morning of the festival, and they Drink gave us ghosts. like like continental breakfast and uh, like warm beer and like Jameson whiskey, and we hung out in this like abandoned bar upstairs Whoa. at like 10 a.m. It was cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, it was rad. It was a weird, weird ass place, but yeah, I love. Trippy places. Yeah, I love trippy places, too. And just being able to see the difference in character, right? Mm -hmm. And also culture, because I don't really have much room to speak on it. But, like, when you go to Europe and you see the architecture there Mm -hmm. and how vastly different. And even the the areas, right, as it is compared to here. Like, our oldest structures are are dilapidated barns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But over there, it's like these gothic cathedrals and shit like that. It's crazy how old stuff is over there. Or, like, how, like, you can think about, like, oh, like... Charles Dickens wrote in this bar. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've heard of him. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. And then you think about like all most of the fairy tale books that you'd read, especially the ones that came before like the 2000s, right, mm-hmm. are modeled after those areas, right? Mm-hmm. And just like that exists. Like that's like our cultural roots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool uh, reading through now that I've been to – England and Ireland and Scotland. It's cool reading through the Harry Potter books again. Yeah, I want to read those because a lot like Harry, like Hogwarts is somewhere up in Scotland. It's mm-hmm. unnamed, but it's definitely somewhere up in Scotland. And um, when they talk about like Quidditch teams, especially, mm-hmm. uh, they talk about like the uh, I don't remember. It was like they mentioned like some tiny ass town on the Isle of Skye that like we've been through and Ooh. like. You like all the, like the so like the the Quidditch teams from like different cities have like different like 
Quidditch team. So it's the mm-hmm. so-and-so broomsticks and the so-and-so witches hats or whatever. Oh, wow, that's and, cool. And so, and I'm like, oh, like I, I've been through or like past those places or like saw the place, like those city names, like on like the Whoa. interstate sides and that kind of stuff. And it's really cool, like reading the, those books again mm-hmm. and being like, I've been there. It has like almost some meaning to it. Or it gives you context, right? Yeah, yeah it's pretty that rad. That is so cool. Yeah. Wow, I've been um, reading Angela's Ashes. It's been a slow read on it. Yeah. Uh, just because I go back and forth between like that and uh, technical, like yeah. the climbing books and shit. Yeah. But whoa, that book is fucking heart wrenching, man. Mm-hmm. That book is wild it, and, and depressing. It is. But also like funny and like uplifting at yeah, times. Yeah, lighthearted. Like, and yeah. it's, but I think that's like a testament to life, right? Is yeah. Regardless of the situation, no matter how vile or how prosperous it may seem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that there is always a sort of levity to be had because mm-hmm. right? like levity is an experience within all of us, whether mm-hmm. you're living in like a slum dog. Oh, whoops. That sounds horrible. But, um, or, you know, you got millions and you're on a yacht. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And just like the amount of disparity that you'd have for like having their, I don't know for people who haven't read the book, but fuck it, <laughs> read the book, but Spoilers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, for for having like all of his you know brothers and sisters die yeah and yeah. S- especially being being like a like six or like seven year old and having to cope with like multiple sibling deaths yeah yeah it's and it's it's crazy too it, and like especially at the result of like you know with the father just being incapable mm-hmm. and I can relate a lot to that because like you know I've dealt with that in my own life and then mm-hmm. my son deals with that with his mom because it's like. Why can't she take care of me? And oh, she's drunk. Like she, mm-hmm. in the sense that she, you know, goes to jail and does all these things and can't mm-hmm. support it. And like, you know, it's like what to make of that, mm-hmm. and and how to how to incorporate some like levity into it, mm-hmm. and then also see it as like this is life. Like, yeah, it's hard like seeing like alcoholism portrayed in the book and how alcoholism actually is. Mm-hmm. But like seeing the one side of his dad where his dad like wants to be a good dad mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm like, we're going to do these things and I'm going to take you to the place and we're going to invest the time. And then he gets like a little bit of money and he hits the bars and he comes home like singing political songs at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's just always like pissed, mm-hmm. like drunk. But like, like he has that side of him where he's like, I know, like these are the right things. Oh, I got a little bit of money, gonna go to the bar. Yeah, yeah. and, and just, just disappears turns. for days. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's well, that's the experience that I've seen people who are um, sharing similar struggles with you know addiction, and mm-hmm. I've been the brunt. I've experienced and like my son's experience was like, mm-hmm. this is going to happen, and you know I'm going to make it all better, mm-hmm. and then boom, it's not. Yep. it's like that, like in, incapable or being overwhelmed by the. Ne- need to course correct you know like you met you made a mistake right and you've probably seen that in comedy where someone may not may have stopped growing or like they're just repeating the same shit it's not working out Mm -hmm. um it's just that refusal to like to see what is going on that's wrong and then Mm -hmm. going forth but it's not so as you know because of the job that you're in right right it's not cut and dry like do this because the job that i'm in where i have you know with all these kids who are an adverse population where it's like your parents probably do meth and like yeah. they don't or no one fucking hangs out with you and you get beat or some shit. I don't know. Something that happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you what do you make of that? Because that is that's horrible. But, you know, life sucks. But life's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Life's yelm and life's like a sold out fucking <laughs> comedy. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Life is yelm and life is sold out sometimes. <laughs> yes. And it's like. You know, it's just how you deal with it in the end. And if you can deal with it like that, 
you know, the, the best and the lightest that you can and really just push forward. People will want to be around you more. Mm-hmm. And that comes in this, the form of like, Hey, come on my show. Mm-hmm. Or that comes in the form of like, you want to go rock climbing with me? I, you know, you could have gear here. Here you mm-hmm. go. You have the yeah. opportunity to do something else and get out of this hell. Yeah. Like to pull you out with us. Yeah. And like, it's just so slow incremental steps. Yeah. Um, Cause I haven't gotten, uh, you know, I'm like almost halfway through Angela's ashes and I don't know how it ends, but I would imagine that he, he obviously wrote a fucking book, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pull himself out of that hell. Right. Yeah. And it's all about how you take that shit. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Have you, this is, might not be legal, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for prefacing the question with that. Yeah. Have you, wait a minute. <laughs> you know anyone who's ever done comedy on ecstasy? No, f- I know someone who, <laughs> uh, I could say his name. It's on YouTube. Uh, Mike Mazzalotti is, he was a Seattle comedian. Now he's a LA comedian. And <gasps> what, he, what happened? He did. Uh, so the gateway show where you smoke weed and you try to do so well, you're super stoned. Um, he did that, but with mushrooms and he just had like a handful of mushrooms and it's on YouTube. We just look up Mike Mazzalotti. Um, and just sound it out. You'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> Gateway show on YouTube. But there's this video where he, um, so he's on mushrooms and he goes up and he's, just, he's kind of, he's like, he's, he's giggling to himself and he's trying to get through his set. And then there's this point where he goes, okay, there's just like, he, he points to this just about a foot away from him and he kind of strokes the air and he's like, there's this face here. Never mind, You guys wouldn't get it. You can't see it. And it's, it's just, it's such a good moment where he's like, it's, yeah, it sounds crazy, but it's, it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. I did um there's a uh what's his 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 uh Instagram uh username is the booty man. What? What's his actual name? I can picture him. Uh he's got long hair. God, what's his name? I did the um Joe Kelly. Uh, I did the Gateway Show with Joe Kelly, mm-hmm. and uh he he's kind of all over the country like traveling in his van. Um Oh, does he have candy or sex? <laughs> he probably has both, but his main thing is comedy. Okay. <laughs> is he candy or sex? Yes. <laughs> um, but Joe Kelly also, I was on the Gateway Show one time, and it was like my second time on the show, and, and I don't smoke weed unless I'm doing the Gateway Show. And, mm-hmm. and so I was kind of like tentative about my half a joint. And then Joe Kelly was like, you got anything stronger? And Billy's like, we got mushrooms. And he's just like, ah, and he just had a handful of mushrooms. And then me, after half a joint, and Joe on three joints and a handful of mushrooms are just both like laying on the floor, just giggling to ourselves for like an hour. And they're like, okay, you got to go on stage now. And we're like, okay, cool. That was a good time. Oh, I'd be blessed. Yeah, it was wild. Oh, fuck. Is it, um, so you've been doing more and more of these gateway shows now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How's it been, because you don't smoke weed, like you said, outside right. of the gate. How's it been being high? Like, is it evolving as yeah. you do these, it, and and I feel like it's helping my the rest of the time when I'm sober doing comedy mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. In that, when when I'm doing stand up, I have more or less a, of an idea of pretty much like everything I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this joke and I have this joke hammered out word for word, pretty much. And I might go off on like tiny little tangents, or if like someone says something, I might go off on like a <laughs> you know like a ten to thirty second tangent. But then I always come back to like the script. If you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, um, 
methodical about that. But then with, with the gateway show, I just kind of like, I'm more loose and I'm more just like riffing and I'm more like, just like being in the moment and like being really, just really like happy. Mm -hmm, Yeah. (laughs) And, and so it's helping me bring that attitude back into my sober comedy of Mm -hmm. being more comfortable riffing, being more comfortable, just, just dicking around on stage (laughs) and having a good time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's helping me out being less, uh, rigid even when I am sober. Um, but yeah, so I got to do uh, the Gateway Show at at Laugh Lines Comedy Club up in uh, BC, and yeah, just like sold out show. And the Canadian audience was a little different because um, the first I went up, so Billy uh, was the host, and he did like fifteen minutes up top, and then I was the first comic after the host and they had this weird thing because billy had mentioned that we were both americans so they were a little standoffish about that oh, actually yeah. he said i'm from the u.s and they were like Boo. Oh, <laughs> i was shit. like okay so this is how it's gonna go that's good <laughs> and then he was like and our other u.s comic brady and i'm like god damn it throw me under the bus right away and then so i go up and uh they were they were into it, but they were kind of politely quiet. They were smiling, they were nodding, but they weren't like, and th- there was some laughter, but it mm-hmm. wasn't for an audience of that size. It wasn't like, ah, like the yeah. big laughs that you usually get. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I come off stage and Billy's like, yeah, sorry, I, I should have stopped myself. I shouldn't have said the American thing. And I was like, it's fine. Like, it's whatever. And then we go. And also he said that of the, the comics on the show, he's like, Brady has like no tolerance. So, <laughs> and so, so just you watch for him when he comes back, he'll be a little different and then so we go outside and the the thing about doing the gateway show in the states is during intermission you go and you the comics uh smoke weed and then the audience can also smoke weed but usually they're kept separate um just so the comics don't like freak out (laughs) and um even though it's legal in the states that the gateway show happens and you still can't do it out on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. you can't you can't do it in public yeah um and but in canada it's very much more out in the open. And so for this gateway show, it was, we were in this like upstairs venue and we all came down the comics and like 70 members of the audience. And so there's like 75 people standing out on the sidewalk at like 8 PM, just hot box in the outside. <laughs> oh like my God, everybody what? had joints, everybody smoking right out in the Whoa. open. And there was a police station, like, like a block down the road. Oh my gosh. And everyone just, this huge cloud of smoke as we're all puffing up. And I was like, this is a weird experience. And that was like the most high I've ever been. Cause <laughs> I, sm- I really quick, like power smoked this, like, big fat joint mm-hmm. of uh, OG Kush Ooh. and and then I like I come back and I was so high I just had to like lay down on the stage <laughs> I'm just like laying down and I'm like kind of telling my jokes and kind of freaking out and a couple <laughs> minutes into my set I'm like okay I just realized that I have to dri- I drove myself there and I was like I gotta drive myself back across the international border later and I don't know how that's gonna happen <laughs> and the audience was like oh my god and then so like the first set they were like <clears throat> politely like reserved mm-hmm. smiling and nodding the second half like I'm high and they're losing their minds <laughs> and then after the show I was just very high still and I just kind of like wandered out in the middle of the room as people were leaving and people were like oh my god that was amazing and I was like <laughs> wow and I was like, still out of it. And I was like, thanks. thanks. <laughs> and then Billy was like, you're going to be okay, man. I was like, I'll just go sit in my car. <laughs> Actually, Billy and, and a couple of the audience members like took pity on me because I was so high. And they, they like walked me around the block like 20 times. <laughs> and they're like, you can be okay. You can come sleep at our place. And I was like, I wasn't planning on spending the night in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay, good luck, man. <laughs> so then I went back to my car and I sat in my car, music off. 
total silence, just staring. There was a, a billboard for like some brand of coffee. And there was this like big, like, like a coffee pot pouring coffee into like a coffee mug. And I just stared at that billboard in complete silence for an hour and a half <laughs> by myself in my car, no music until I sobered up. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I can, I can figure out how to cross the border now. <laughs> and then like two days later, uh, the gateway show account posted pictures on Instagram and one of the audience members, I, w- I was the first picture cause Billy got this really good picture of me just like laying down on the stage, yeah. the microphone up in the air. Oh yes. And one of the audience members was like, dude, did that guy make it back to America? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like alive and well, <laughs> alive and well. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, I was causing international concern and I really loved that. Yes. Yeah. You feel it all the way across the border. Yeah. Did he make it? Is he? In prison right now? What <laughs> yeah, happened to him? <laughs> yeah. And do you have anything upcoming? Uh, yeah, a week from today, I'm going down to California to do those shows. Um, got some other just kind of stuff around Washington State coming up. And then August, I'm doing the Portland Maine Comedy Festival. The, that festival itself is the first 11 days of Ooh. August, but I'm either going to be on like the first weekend so like a thursday through sunday Mm -hmm. or on the second weekend so i haven't chosen which yet Mm -hmm. um but eliza schlesinger is like headlining that one so what that'll be tight man it's gonna be fucking dope wow (laughs) she's gonna be there the second weekend so i'm gonna try to be there the second weekend (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah it's uh it's getting more more frequent. The first couple of years, I just stuck to Washington State. I mean, I made it down to Oregon a couple of times, but already in the first five months of this year, I've been to Washington, Oregon, Alaska, Canada. Uh, next week, I'm going to California, and I'll be going to Maine, and then I'm hoping to get on a thing in Texas too. So, oh, that'll be tight. And all that, all that I've been in the first like eight months or so. So, dang, starting to travel more. So. Yeah, that's exciting too, yeah. especially for the traveling aspect and comedy. You know, yeah. was it? Um, did you actively like? reach out for these things or have they just, they've come to you? Both. Some things, some things come to me. Um, the festivals you have to apply for, (laughs) um, obviously, but, (laughs) but the, (laughs) this is a random thought. The, um, Alaska festival, we, uh, I say that I don't smoke weed unless I'm on the gateway show. And that's (laughs) mostly true, but except for, in on the Alaska festival, Ooh. Anchorage has really good weed. And so they were just giving whoa, out whoa. like so much free weed to mm. the comedians. And, <laughs> and this one day we, we didn't have anything to do. So, uh, Derek Sheen, who he's amazing. Check him out. Derek he's got Sheen. several albums. Um, they're so good, but, uh, me, Derek Sheen, uh, Nathan Hart, he's from Portland. Um, Chris Cox is also from Portland. Um, and there was like a couple other, I think just like local, like non-comedians were hanging out with us too. Um, but we had this afternoon to kill and we watched, uh, we, I had like a 10 AM beer and then, uh, with breakfast and then we, uh, uh, smoked some weed or actually we had edibles. And then we went and we saw pet cemetery Ooh. in theaters and it's like, they had like recliner seats. Mm-hmm. So that was dope. Oh yeah. I haven't then, had those in a long time. Yeah, and then we went to a hot topic because Nathan Whoa. needed to get a new chain wallet because he's from Portland, because that makes sense. And then uh, we went out behind the hot topic and we smoked several joints really quickly. And then I got like super high and I was like still smoking and I coughed and I was like, <laughs> and then this dog was down the street and the dog was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck, I got dog powers now. 
<laughs> so it was, it was strong. And then we went to this um, museum of Alaskan art and history. So it was like an art museum and a history museum and like a science museum. Whoa. And so like baked out of our minds <laughs> and like we walk in and the first exhibit is there's stuff about like Alaskan history. And then very quickly you get up to this whole wall of um, Alaskan <coughs> food throughout time. So it starts with black and white pictures of pretty like uh, for lack of a better term, cruder uh, mm-hmm. dishes. And then it moves into the more modern day. And then it goes into these full color, crystal clear photographs, like big portraits oh. of like a dish that's, you know, made by like a professional chef and it's very exotic cuisine and, you know, full color and all this stuff. And so it's this, it's this art exhibit and history about Alaskan cuisine. Wow. And we're standing there and we're baked out of our minds <laughs> and we're just staring at this one picture of like, it was like some soup dish, <laughs> me and Derek Sheen for like 10 minutes, not saying anything. And then Derek was like, it all looks so good. <laughs> what are you going to order? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we're in a museum, I think. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, shoot, we got to get out of this area because I think people are staring. And so we went and they had this like, like cosmos experience thing where you sat in these chairs and then the chairs like tipped back and then you're under this like half dome projector thing and then it basically like shot you through the cosmos and that while i was stoned was incredible that is so cool yeah so that was that was really cool i had a really good time in alaska that would be so much fun (laughs) yeah that reminds me when i was in the pacific science center and they have like the laser dome yeah. And I ate a bunch of edibles and yeah. I was with my mom and my son. Yeah. And we watched those laser things. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. It was such a fucking trip, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, I had edibles with my brother on it was like on Christmas Day a few years ago when we went and we saw The Last Jedi. Is that one of the recent Star Wars movies that came out? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was The Last Jedi. And so I had the edible like before the movie and it starts to kick in. I'm getting high and then I fell asleep and I didn't realize I'd fallen asleep. And then there's this big like lightsaber battle near the end in like the red room with the guys that are dressed all in red. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <laughs> and just flashing lights and stuff. And I jolt awake and now I'm 10 times higher and there's these flashing lightsabers. <laughs> and I immediately had a panic attack and got like cold sweats. And I was like, I have to get out of here. So I got out of the theater and we were in the theater that was farthest away from the bathroom. And it's like, it's a really long walk. You have to pass like six other theaters to get to the bathroom. And I was just walking like so slow and shaky. And people were like staring at me. Oh and I'm like a cold sweating. I'm like, oh my God, I got like the spins. <laughs> and the bathroom's 10 miles away. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. Where can um, people find out more about you? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good follow-up question yeah. to that. <laughs> if people still want to find out more about me. Um, I'm still working on a website. I, I'm pretty sure I said that last time yeah. while I was on this. <laughs> but uh, still working on it. I don't have it officially up yet. Um, but yeah, my Facebook is Brady Seekills. Instagram is all of its Brady Seekills. I'm on Twitter. Um, but yeah. Sweet. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. I love Brady. It is often a silly time when I'm hanging out with him. If you guys would like to learn more about Brady, you could find him at social media at Brady Seekills on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you could also find him on YouTube at 
as Brady Seacules and check out his comedy show from the Gateway Show. Man, I've never seen someone so high that they were basically crawling on the floor like they were a zombie. <laughs> it was hilarious. And if you guys would like to support the show, you can find us on Instagram at Becoming Human Podcast, Facebook, Becoming Human Podcast, and a website, becominghumanpodcast.com. And if you'd like to buy some merch, you can find some of our shirts and hats at Becoming Human Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye.